The seventh moon is setting off Antares 9, and our fateful pilot is just looking for things to scavenge. But what is that off our port? It's a battle cruiser. It's Barry Greenstein piloting it. <laughs> but he's, <laughs> he's not firing lasers, Grant. He's firing chips. <laughs> and our faithful pilot, <laughs> Phil Galfond, what is he going to do? You have to tune into this episode of The Breakdown to find out with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> <laughs> How is a new listener supposed to think? <laughs> I don't care. You know, man. this podcast is oh. like slowly gaining new <laughs> listeners, right? There are new oh. listeners. Oh, oh, it was so good. If this is the first one they turn <laughs> tune into, they might be like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, the, what the hell's going on? Oh, it goes so well with the last one we did, though, which starts with like an old west kind of shootout. And now we have like a galactic shootout. It's beautiful. They pair together so well, like a like a Pinot and like a New York strip steak. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. I, I, I barely even got to finish that. That was really hard for me. Yeah, that was obvious. That was great. <laughs> Your voice was up like nine octaves <laughs> and you were laughing. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't do this for other people. You know, I do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm well aware of that. And it is just a lot of fun to do it. You're hindering our growth, man. Whatever. Who cares? My growth is whatever. My own problem. You what know, about mine? That's my own problem. I don't know whose problem is. I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are a sociopath. Um, and Barry Greenstein, by the way, a sociopath about sea betting. Mm. He's like incapable of thought when when deciding whether or not to sea bet. Well, I think he just will sea bet. That's his thought. Time to sea bet. I think he had the thought once, and then he just turns off his brain on the flop. You know, it's possible he doesn't sea bet every time anymore. It's possible, but every time he was ever televised, he sea bet 100%. I think that is actually true, yeah. which is cray. And he actually, I think even in his book... Talks about sea betting 100% and stuff like that. It's such a mistake. He can't still be doing it against good players, right? He just can't. Is he even playing poker anymore? I've st- I think I've seen him. He's old now. He's an old dude. He ain't young no more. He wow. Was, was Barry Greenstein ever young? I feel like he was born as he like a 48-year-old. a lot older. He looks like a 70-year-old man. He might be a 70-year-old man, but he looks he like be. it. He might be. You know, like some people are 70 and they don't look 70. He looks 70, you he, know? He's probably like 62, though. Okay. You don't look it. You okay. Don't look, you know, no one says that. You know, the kind of things people say to Barry Greenstein, they're like, that guy is 70 years young. They say things like that to him, which is just the worst, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all that patronizing stuff. Like when the, the dealer at the poker table, there's like a clear old person, like an old woman. Yes. They always like, well, young lady, it's on you. Exactly. Like, oh, my God. So condescending. It is deeply condescending. Like... You're not doing anyone a favor. They don't love hearing that. They know you're saying that they're old. Yeah. You know, even if you're trying to be nice about it, it's not, it's ridiculous. Yes. Stop doing it, dealers. Yeah, everyone. Everyone, stop it. Yeah. It's like telling a fat person they're skinny. They know, an obese person they're skinny. They know they're not. It's not fun or cool to hear that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like just that. like, it's just patronizing and weird. And that's what this hand's all about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. That is incorrect. Uh, it is, in fact, a high stakes poker hand, $400, $800. So yeah, those stakes are pretty high. Yeah. Season seven. So we had the old uh, Norm McDonald with the microphone. Who's pretty good. He's better than I thought Norm McDonald would be. But I think it was always a mistake for a high stakes poker to put one person in the booth. Yes, it just clearly hurt him. 
And season six with Gabe Kaplan, they didn't have AJ Benz anymore. They just had Gabe Kaplan, and it was clearly worse. Yeah, like it's, we know, we know from experience, it's better to have somebody to riff with. No you know, question. Like, I mean, AJ Benz, not a whole lot, not giving you a whole lot. No, but even that, still better than nothing. Right. It's just better to have people bouncing back and forth. Yeah. I don't know why they made those decisions. Strange. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyway, Norm McDonald, who is not as good as Gabe Kaplan, by the way. No, but, but he was but solid. He was passable. Yeah, yeah, good enough. Um. Doing the, doing the commentary. We got Phil Galfon. This is probably the first time. No, it's like the second or third year he was on high stakes poker that he didn't look like a dummy because the first time he did it was mm. season four, I think. And that's when he mucked the chop. Yeah. Like for no reason, like the hand was exposed and everyone mucked and he just mucked his hand too. It's because he was like 22 and he was yeah. freaking out that he was on that show. Yeah. And the stakes were probably pretty high for him too, even though he was an online crusher at the time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But, you know, by this time, he's like a true crusher, and everybody fears him. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this hand was suggested on Twitter. Yes. We are at Two Poker Guys, number Two Poker Guys, by Magnet Carta, a pun that Jonathan loves. I don't understand it. I don't know what's it, there to understand or not understand. I mean, magnet I f- Carta. I mean, it makes sense, like you said, if he's a magnet salesman or something like that. Maybe there's magnets with the Magna Carta on them. That's a Magnet Carta. And then he sells. Or just appreciates. Maybe he appreciates them a lot. Maybe the Magna Carta needed a magnet to be put up on that door back in the day. Anyway, I assume Magnet Carta is listening, so let us know what the meaning of your name is, please. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, so, yeah, he he included a YouTube link and a timestamp, of course. Yeah. By the way, I mean, Magnet Carta's going to be like, what do you mean, what's the meaning of my name? It's it's a pun. It's Magnet Magna Carta. That's it. That's the meaning, right? But like, what's why? Why does there have to be more than that? Usually, the pun has like a little bit more behind it. You're, besides, like, I just took a word that sounds kind of like the word. This is Twitter, man. Come on, you're <laughs> okay. being you're way too high expectations to this. I have high expectations. This yeah, is true. I know. I you want do. all of the content I read, including people's Twitter names, to to have like nine levels of comedic depth. Mm-hmm. That's what I need, or else I die. I wither. That's why you love Joe Rogan. Is it? I don't really. I've never listened to Joe Rogan or anything like that. I know a lot of people love his podcast. Yeah, a lot of people do. He's like one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Indeed. Even like a lot of smart people love his podcast. Yeah. Not just like, it isn't just like, you know, for the, I mean, it's probably, every man It's probably pretty good. It probably is. But I wouldn't know. I haven't listened to it, but yeah, people apparently love it. I did used to watch fear factor. It was on when I was like 14 years old. I thought that was pretty fun. Cool. I did see uh, this little quick aside because Great. we got time. It's the podcast. Sure. Uh, who cares? Uh, um, I saw a Joe Rogan stand-up little piece because it went, went viral on YouTube, which I tried watching one of his stand-ups one time, and I was like, no, thank you. But this this little piece was pretty interesting. He was talking about Fear Factor, how he was the when he was the host of Fear Factor, and he just like got the gig as just like an actor, and they gave him this gig, and he like he doesn't have any expertise in these stunts or like eating horse balls and stuff like that, and he's like watching these people do these crazy things and. There's like a, a middle-aged housewife like trying to eat the a pig's intestines in the next 40 seconds, and he's standing there shouting at them, you can do it! <laughs> he has like no idea what's going on. <laughs> and how that was such a strange, surreal experience. That would be weird. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It worked out pretty well for him. Back to poker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this hand is going to start with Barry Greenstein, Mr. Seabed himself. The OG. Yeah. Original the, Greenstein. The, the original. I think he probably has parents, so that's probably not true. I think they had a different name, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
Went from Greenfeld to Greenstein. Hey, screen let's name. be careful there, buddy. Let's be very careful. How is that? Watch it. What are you referring to? Watch it. <laughs> um, no, I think they were Blanken. Their name were Blanken. <laughs> that was Greenstein. <laughs> Blanken? Yeah. yeah. His parents were last name Blanken. Is that so weird now? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Okay, let's get to the hand. <laughs> so we have 400, 800. Um, there, I think there's an ante too, like a $200 ante. Yeah, so it's something a like huge that. game, enormous game. Barry is plus one with king 10 of clubs. He opens to 3K. It's a little loose, but it's fine. Are we even nine-handed? We may not be. I think one person is just standing up, so we're probably eight-handed. Okay. So it's more like he's plus it's two. It's a little loose, but it's not the end of the world, especially with all that ante money in there, actually. You can make a better case to go for it, like stretch a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Depends uh, on how the table's playing, but it's reasonable. Now, Phil Galfond is the next player to act, not next player to act, next player to enter the pot in the small blind with two queens, and yeah. he decides just to flat. Yeah. Which I guess is all right, but seems like a bit of a strange decision against Barry Greenstein. I mean, I guess it must be one of these. He's the guy who just fires all C-bets yeah. 100% anyway, right? So, like, the same amount of money is going to go in, and this way I get to underwrite my hand. Of course, we do allow the big blind to come in at an incredible price by just flatting. That yeah, is we the do. One, that's the only real problem with this, I think. Also, I mean, it likes to be out of position and stuff, too. But, I mean, generally, you should be three-betting this. But I, I'm sure Galfon would say, if we had him on the air, you know, some version of, well, of course, I'm going to three-bet this, you know, 72% of the time. But the other 28% of the time, I'm going to call, especially against Barry, when he's going to see about 100%, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's under the gun. And, you know, I'm not doing great against his range anyway. And I mean, you're pretty well against his range. You have queens. Yeah, no, that's true. But like, turn against his continuing range, like he, it's it's just the strongest range Barry's supposed to have. Is well, what he's, I'm he's plus one, but yeah, oh, is he? Close. Okay, all right. So seven handed. All right, actually, we we could we could. I mean, typically we'd be three betting queens here, and we're mostly supposed to. Right, and a big part of it might be the hundred percent c bet thing. Yeah, what that means is we kind of can't fold on any flop. Right, of course not. Not a single flop can we fold. Not even ace king four. No, we're calling at least once. Yeah, which sucks. Just the deal. But that's the deal, yeah, against Barry specifically. Yeah. Um, so Galfon does decide to flat, and the pot is $7,600. That's how big this game was. It's just a raise and a call. That's all that happened, and there's $7,600 in the pot. Yeah, we're lucky that the big blind folded, actually. That's really good for us. That's kind of a perfect spot. So we're Phil Galfon. You're choosing to be Phil Galfon instead of Barry Greenstein? Yeah. You want to... Why? I mean, like... Barry Didn't Green... you hear the opening? We're the fearless, oh. faithful, faithful scavenger... Leave me alone. Scavenger and Barry Greenstein's not firing lasers at us. He's firing chips, Grant. He's firing <laughs> chips. Yeah. We're Phil Galfod, man. This we is all. Doom. Looking at it from his eyes. <laughs> okay. Know, first person. Except that we know about what Barry's cards are. Yeah. It's going to be easier to play. Yeah. <laughs> this way, for sure. In this instance, we would make better decisions than Phil Galfon because we know Barry's cards. It's really nice when you know the, your opponent's exact two cards yeah. as, in terms of making decisions. Yeah, that, I highly recommend it if you're going to play poker. Even knowing one card is pretty good. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, really Strange helpful. that we agree on that, but mm. we do. Yeah, we sometimes, find... sometimes someone flashes a card and it's like, well, I know something. I wonder if there's an opportunity here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. They flash a card and they raise. You ever seen that? That happens. I feel like that happens every so often. It's just like, huh, okay, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue with the hand. Okay. So $7,600 in the pot. Galfon with queens, Barry Greenstone with king 10 of clubs, six of hearts, eight of spades, nine of spades flop. It's quite a coordinated board. Should hit Galfon's range a little better than Barry's. Yeah. 
Agreed. Uh, but he did call it the small blind, so he's a bit stronger than if he was a big blind. He doesn't have many suited connectors, I don't think, unless they're super crazy deep. I wouldn't expect him to have I think they're pretty connectors. deep. We don't know their stacks, yeah. but at high stakes poker, they were often very deep. I don't know if Phil's really going to be playing suited connectors out of position very much, though. You don't think he has 8-9 suited here? Probably has eight nine suited. I don't know if he has like five six suited though. Yeah, he might just have eight nine suited for suited connectors that hit this board. Yeah, yeah. So and nine ten suited. Of yeah, course. of course, of course. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he checks. Mm-hmm. Seems like pretty much the only thing he can do here. What do you think Barry's gonna do? I mean, by the way, he it's not the only thing he can do. He could bet. It's like it's still against Barry Greenstein. Oh, of course, against Barry Greenstein, we're How could you checking. ever bet? <laughs> It'd be so weird to bet. Yeah. Yeah. So we check because we know Barry's always what do you What do you think Barry's going to do? Well, he's got options. I uh, know that. Yeah, he can muck. No, no, no. He can bet half the pot. He can bet a little more than half oh, the pot. Okay. He can bet a little less than half the pot. He can bet a little more than more than half the pot. Yeah. He can bet a little less than less than half the pot. Those are his options pretty much. I Strangely, Barry is, is going to bet here. Okay. Now, let's, let's forget for a second that Barry C-bets 100%. Yeah. And ask the question, should he C-bet this board in this spot? Well, the weighted trying to answer that is to come up with what are the hands that Phil Galfond is flatting with in the small blind. Okay. He clearly has all the sets in his range. Yeah. What's the board? Six, eight, nine. All the sets. Let's give him all the sets. Two spades. Okay. He's got all the sets. He's going to have some big Broadway stuff for sure. Some big broad suited yep. Broadway stuff for sure. And a lot of those, well, a quarter of those are flush draws. A little bit more than a quarter because we block two of the non-spade ones with king and ten of clubs. Okay. Um... But okay, something like a quarter of them are flush yeah. draws, fine. Uh, but that's okay if we can. Yeah. Put, but so there's that. There's he's going to have. I mean, do we think he can have like king queen here off? Yeah. Probably yeah. It's close, but I think he yeah. can probably have king queen off. Uh, probably not king jack off, but king I, jack suited. Yeah, I think that's probably right. It's close though. It's possible he doesn't even have king queen. It's possible. I don't. I'm not sure. That's close. Um, he's going to have all the suited Broadway for sure, right? Yes. Like all of it. So a quarter of that is bad for us as Barry because he's either calling or raising. Right. He's got uh, all the other three combos of Jack-10 suited in his range that are not folding. He's got pocket sixes, pocket sevens, pocket eights, and pocket nines, which are not folding. Right. Pocket tens, jacks are not folding. We wouldn't necessarily expect queens, but sometimes queens not folding. Right. Any pocket pair under the six is folding, which he has all of those too. I don't know that actually any pocket pair under the six is folding. You mean on the flop? Yeah. Against Barry, I don't know if pocket fives are folding. Maybe not, because you can hit a seven, although you would be losing against Barry's exact hand. That's fine, but I'm not... Forget you can yeah. hit a seven. Barry's betting 100%. Yeah. He's betting 100%. We have to call with any pair. We're forced to call with any uh, pair. Okay. Well, then that's bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Barry knows all this, though. Yeah. I feel like Barry doesn't know this. That's why he's C-betting 100%, right? Yeah. He's just like, oh, no, it works. And it's not like distinguishing against who he should be doing against and who he shouldn't. Like, Phil Galfine, for sure you shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> Phil Galfond's going to play almost perfectly against you if you do that. It would be my guess. So it sounds like as Barry, we're just hoping Galfond has like king, queen of diamonds. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cards he can have, a lot of hands he can have here that we're going to fold out. We don't need to fold out that many for this to work, right? I suppose. I mean, how much should we bet? 4,500. Into? 7,600. It's probably not going to work enough of the time, honestly. It's but probably it's, not a profitable bet. No, but it may be. It's beginning to tell a story. So if we're going to bet again on the Turner River, that's good. And we do have a gut shot. So that's good, too. Like, we have equity. Having a gut shot is nice, although blocking the nuts doesn't matter because Goffin never has 7-10. Oh, for sure. We're not worried. It's not about that. It's yeah. just about having the gut shot. But, like, if the, if the gut, gutter comes in, it's going to be harder to get paid, and we certainly want the pot to be bigger. 
right? True, we already but it's not like a here. very strong draw that we're excited about. No, that's actually one of the reasons to bet it, though. We have like no real showdown value, and it's not a strong draw. Right, but... I mean, I'd want to bet a strong I think draw, that too. The whole question of should we bet this flop is taking from the lens of we have a hand with basically no showdown value mm-hmm. when I'm saying that. Uh, yeah. Like, and I don't know. I feel like it's a checkboard for, for Barry. Although of course there are no checkboards. For right. Barry, I think it, I think it's more of a checkboard. If um, Galfon was in the big blind, I think it's like a, a no doubt about a checkboard. It's a little bit less of a checkboard. I don't know if here. I agree because Based on the range we've outlined for Galfon, yeah. his range is so much wider in the big blind. He has a lot more folds. It just feels like he has so many more like one pair of hands in the big blind when, you know, he has more really one have. pair of hands that hit the flop, I suppose. Yeah. But I think the percentage of the range that is going to fold is larger in the big blind, sh- in the big blind than the small I mean, one. You're probably right. It'd be interesting to actually run that and see. Yeah. Um, either way. I mean, I mostly agree with you that this is a very good candidate to check back. Yes. Most of the time. Yes, I agree. Um, if we had the king of spades, even that would feel a little bit better about that. If somehow we had king 10 off, you know? Yeah. That would be nice because then we would block a lot of his Broadway flush draws, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. But luckily, we don't have the King 10 off because that would be horrible to open that plus one. Yep. Um, anyway, Barry bets 4,500. And traditionally, Galfon should never raise here. Oh, yeah. Could you make a case to raise against Barry? Yeah. And what would that be? It's a wet board, and we can rep the wetness reasonably well. So we can rep like a flush draw. Okay. I don't know how we have um, very many sevens. I guess we could have pocket sevens and decide to raise, which seems unlikely, but not impossible. Mm-hmm. Any improvement is going to kill action anyway. Yeah. Uh, we want it, We could deny equity and stuff like that. It's not impossible, but mostly we're... I don't know. I mean, I don't like raising here. I don't either, but let's go to Theoryland for a second. Okay. Theoryland, where there's unicorns and also math. That was a... I, I didn't just Bob sing Bob that. right? No. That, oh. And by the way, I didn't just sing that. That's like a drop. We added a drop. Yeah, I'm sure they could tell that that, the was, that was produced. Drop. You could tell the echo was different. It was like done in a different Also, spot. the lighting was clearly The lighting different. was way better for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked... It's going to look really good on the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, in theory land here, it's, a, it's an interesting question about whether we should raise a hand like Queens on this flop. I think, obviously, the answer that immediately pops into any good player's head is no, of course not. Mm-hmm. But... On a board so wet like this, with the range that we outlined for Galfine, his continuing range, I mean, the easy way to mitigate is just to not raise with a lot of these draws. But against Barry, who's going to keep C-betting like, all the time, and he doesn't C-bet the turn 100%, but no. like, he more than other players, for sure. Probably, yeah. Um, it might be better to raise draws than to call draws, because when we miss, we're, like, we have to be getting a good price when he continues betting. Right, and when the draws come in, he's often going to give up. Right, so like, are we raising all of our jack 10s? Are we raising all of our spade draws? Like, are we, and then balancing that with just sets isn't enough. It's an interesting thought, you know? Like, if the board gets really... I mean, there's a lot of action-killing cards on the turn, which means it's hard to get more value from queens a lot of the time. Yeah. So... And when we raise, it could look like we have a draw. Yeah. So those are reasons to raise, which aren't so bad. And it also help, gives us some stuff to balance our draw raises with. Obviously, we're gonna, we have other things, too. We have like some sets, and we have some mm-hmm. two pairs and stuff like that. Um, but there aren't, like you said, we don't really have any straights on this board no. as Phil. So we've got nine combos of sets, which I think yeah. are all in there. And maybe... Two combos of eight, nine suited. Right, and that's three, it? Three combos. Three combos? Okay. Yeah. So that's 12. Yeah. So then we want to have at least six value raises. Sorry. 
that, no, that's that's six value. That's that's twelve value. So yeah. then we want to have a bunch of bluffs. We want to have like twice as many bluffs if we're doing it right. Against Barry, we could probably even have a lot more bluffs because yeah. he's betting one hundred percent, right? Um, so maybe we don't need more value. I guess it depends on how many how many bluffs we want to have here. That's yeah. all. If we want to have a lot of bluffs, which we probably are supposed to yeah. in this spot against Barry on this board when he c bets one hundred percent, we're like possibly bluffing all of our draws, yeah. maybe even our weak draws and stuff like that. Then we need to put hands like queens back in here. I think. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, which is interesting because just like I have like a. a reaction down to my core that hates that idea so much it's like a horrible idea to raise queens here but i mean it's interesting from a theoretical perspective i've i've been kind of toying in my mind with the idea of having more raised folds in my range in certain spots because post flop three bets are, are so rare yeah and it's an easy fold if barry three bets if we have queens i mean it sucks if he has ace king of spades and and we get knocked off the hand but besides Besides the nut flush draw, it's right. Yeah. I mean, but that that's going to happen sometimes. I mean, it's. I'm not necessarily saying this is the right way to play or think, but it's just something I want to explore because cool. generally, when we're talking about check raising on the flop, we're mostly talking about hands that are like complete garbage, are very strong, and are the semi bluffs. And the very strong and the semi bluffs both fall in the category usually of I'm not folding this to a three bet, right? So. Like, we only have the, the category of, like, easy raise fold, where it's like, right. I have garbage, like, nine high hand. Right, I know what I'm doing. I have a yeah. complete plan and, for this. And easy raise never fold to a three bet, either call or, or four bet. Right. And we don't have any raise fold where, like, we actually don't mind so much when we get called. That's mm-hmm. like a third little swath, swatch, whatever it is. Swath is fine. Swath uh, that, we, that we never have. Yeah. And maybe we should consider assigning, like, 8% of the range to that little area there. I mean, I think it's a good idea as long as we believe Barry's the kind of guy who will call us with worse hands. Yes, of course. Right. If he's not going to call us with worse hands, then this is a bad play with Queens. But as long as Barry will call with jacks and tens and good nines and things like that, which I think he probably will. Yeah. Now that's a bunch of hands. And the only, the only hands that are really problematic for him to call us with that he probably won't be re-raising now or very soon is like aces and kings. Yeah. Like if he has aces or kings, we may end up just valuing ourselves for an extra street, which is going to be a lot of money by the time we get there, you know? Yeah. Um, but as long, but if he can have jacks and tens, that's and good nines and not fold. And I don't think he's supposed to fold any of those hands. And I think he should have plenty of flush draws that he just calls with also. Yes. So we get to charge this way. Yes. He's often just going to call with a flush draw. Yeah. Unless he's got like, Combo draws, or maybe the nut flush draw with, with jack overs, tennis spades. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. He yeah. may be like, "Let's go." Yeah, um, and we're gonna have to. That's the only problem is we're gonna lose to a few of those hands. But we may be able to temper that by getting value from slightly worse hands that feel like they just have to call. Yeah, like if we had tens, this might be worse because now jacks and queens are gonna play are gonna be calling us down too. But queens, we have over pairs that are we have equal amounts of over pairs plus top pairs and stuff yeah. like that that can call us down. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever actually going to apply that to my game. It's just something that is interesting to think about. I want to apply stuff like that. I'm gonna, I'm looking for places to apply stuff like that yeah. these days. Um, it's hard. Yes, but I'm trying to find more and more. I mean, basically, it's just the more sticky the guy is, the more you should be raising with good but not great hands. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is hard to to wrap your mind around because we've right. we've been taught at, through like the good player logic of the past ten years to have polarized ranges in spots like this. You right. Know? But this is exploitable versus GTO, really, yeah. right? That's what we're talking about. And yeah. like the more exploitable you can be, the better usually. Mm-hmm. You're gonna make the most money. Anyway, Galfon just calls and I think that's normal and prob- of course. probably optimal. Of course. <laughs> um again, six eight nine, two spade flop, Galfon with two queens, uh green sign with King Ten of Clubs, nobody has a spade in their hand. Mm-hmm. The pot is now sixteen thousand six hundred and 
I think it's time to talk about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. You know what? It just kind of crept up on me, but I, I just it felt it. I think it is time. Kind of like Barry Greenstein when he's driving the spaceship. He just kind of creeps up on you and starts throwing poker chips at your ship. It's a battle battle cruiser. Battle cruiser. A, I mean, really wish you wouldn't call it a... What did you call it? A spaceship? Yeah. Wow. It's a battle cruiser. <laughs> okay. I mean, who are you now? I'm I'm the guy talking about nitrogen sports. Oh yeah, nitrogen sports poker. Yeah, it's cool. Let me talk a little bit about it. I would love. Can I do that to hear somebody else talk about it? You know, because <laughs> you're always talking yeah. about it. Well, so nitrogen sports poker, of course, is a Bitcoin only poker site, which is awesome because it means super fast withdrawals and what what deposits. deposits? Yeah. I was gonna say transfers and deposits. And when we say super fast, we mean like five to twenty minutes. Almost every other poker site in the world, or even gambling site, it's days usually to get your money out. Even if you're doing, even if it's Bitcoin only or something like that, it's still days. It sucks. This is super fast. It's awesome. And of course, we also have our Poker Guys only tournament, meaning only the Poker Guys and you get to be in it. It's yes. at the end of the month. It's super cheap. It's 0.1 millibits, which is these days like 90 cents to get in. They guarantee 100 millibits, which is like 900 bucks. We never get more than like 70 players, give or take, which means everyone's getting 14 to 1 on their money, which if you understand math at all, means you should be playing this tournament no matter what. Yep. You got to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or else you don't even get access to the tournament. You don't even get to see it with your eyes. Yeah. Which would suck for you. That would suck for you. Because even looking at it in the lobby is like, that looks good. The beauty. I can't believe my life is so good. And <laughs> I'm looking at this tournament in the lobby. A solitary tear will run, run down your cheek. Yes. And then you'll lick it. Because of the salt. Yeah, you need the salt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, get on nitrogen. Get you some poker. Well, you know, I want to say this, though. Oh. They have to use the link in the description of this podcast. I already to be able said to- that. You were just not paying any no, attention. I was listening with that, that tier thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Yeah, link in the description of the podcast. Though, it, this might surprise some of you people, but <laughs> this doesn't only happen on the podcast. <laughs> There's many times in my life with Jonathan where I say something and then he completely didn't hear it at all because he's in some sort of weird Jonathan brain. Situation. I mean, how many times do you think you haven't noticed that that's the case and I've gotten away with it? Oh, Lord plenty. knows so many, right? Plenty. plenty. It's amazing. I love it. It's really, <laughs> yeah, it's quite wonderful. Yeah, it's as great. A, as a part of a friendship. I'm a good listener. It's really great as part of a friendship to have one of the people just not listen, just be thinking of like, what's some weird, funny thing I can say. What's that about your whole life that you were talking about on early on in this podcast, you were talking about the hand or something. And I just started remembering the whole Barry Greenstein opening. No, you know, the, he's not firing lasers, he's firing yeah. chips. I just started laughing at myself and didn't hear anything for a solid 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> very professional. Very good. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, though. powerful. Okay, let's let's move on in the hand. All okay. right, we've got 16,600 in the pot. The turn is the deuce of clubs doesn't change anything no. ever, unless Galfon was holding on with deuces on the flop, which I suppose is possible. It's possible, but yeah, whatever. Very right. unlikely. Fine. Um, Galfon's going to check again. Yeah. Is there an argument for betting? I think there is, actually. Uh, I think donking is reasonable here. Often, I don't know if Bar- Barry's turn continuation betting i wonder what his percentage is there against a lot of players they're going to check back yes they are and betting here is going to deny equity and get value and do all the things we want and we might even get value from ace highs by the way on this board um so i don't hate the idea of betting here i don't hate it uh at the same point it's out of flow at the same point everybody in the world is not Barry Greenstein, and Barry Greenstein is not everybody else in the world. That's by that, so far correct. By that, I mean his C betting percentage on the turn even is going to be really high. It's not a hundred, but it's really high. It's going to be. We got to assume it's going to be higher than 
than most people. Yeah. So, so like, that's a good reason. We to don't check. have to worry so much about missing out on value. Right. And by the way, that percentage includes a lot of hands like this, like King 10, which is basically a no equity hand, mm-hmm. uh, which most players are not going to have in their turn betting range. But Barry does. Yeah. And if we bet, we're just going to fold those out. And by checking, we give Barry a chance to do his Barry Greenstein thing. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Of course, you know, if it, if it does go check, check, we can get bluffed on a lot of rivers. There are a lot of rivers that are kind of pukey for us. We can just know? decide to call no matter what the river is. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. That's fair. Although if it goes check, check, and an ace comes, I guess an ace comes and he bets, we could probably fold a lot. We can consider folding. Yeah. yeah. But like if a, a flush card comes in or a straight card comes in, we think, well, he doesn't really have it that much. We can probably call. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think against Greenstein specifically, checking is the play for sure. Yeah, but I like the idea of exploring these possible don- weird donking spots too. Yes, I agree. But I, I think you're right. Well, against Greenstein, we probably just have to check. And Greenstein's going to oblige and bet again, but yeah. it starts to get a little bit scary for Queens because he bets big. But it's yeah. 13 into 16-6. Yeah, that's a real bet. But it could just be I have a pair and I'm charging you for your draw. Yeah. So that's like, I think especially the old school guys are pretty into that stuff. Yeah. So... That's reasonable. By the way, 13 and 16, 6, it's big-ish, but it's a cash game. It's not like humongous. Right. I mean, Galfon cannot consider folding at this point. Of course against not. Against Barry freaking Greenstein. I mean, first of all, we can come up with hands that he's betting that we're beating, right? Yes. For sure. Value hands. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. Value hands. Of course, yeah. we can come up with bluffs, too. And he, he may continue betting his draws, and obviously we see he continues betting with his like pretty pretty bad hands sometimes also. Yeah. So, so good deal for us. Yeah, we got to call. Easy, easy non-fold spot. Yep. And Galfon does decide to call. And you're like, well, I hope this doesn't cost me a lot of money. Right. At this point, raising seems a bit too ambitious, even if we're going into theory land. Yeah. Also, there's only one card left. Yeah. And we have a really good hand. We do. And, and we're underrepped. We're definitely underrepped. We are. That's cool. We could have eight, seven suited here and stuff like that, potentially. All right. Maybe. So the river decision for Phil Galfond is going to be the interesting part of this hand. Yes. There's now $42,600 in the pot. Okay. Got a bit inflated there. Six, eight, nine, two spade flop. T- turn was the deuce of clubs. Not, not new, not any new flush draws or anything. Didn't change anything. Uh, Galfon with two Queens Barry with King 10 of clubs. Yeah. The river is the Jack of clubs. Yeah. So it's not a great card for Galfon because now, now Jax is beating him. Mm-hmm. Those pairs that were charging the draws. Yep. Uh, so he's going to check. I don't think really there's much else you can do. It's a pretty clear check. Yeah. And Greenstein just will not stop. He just, he, he can't stop. Well, he knows he very, it's very unlikely that he's got the winner here. No, he, he doesn't have the winner. Like, that's pretty much for sure. Galfond, even if Galfond had a flush draw, a lot of the time he just made a pair on the river. Yeah. No question. So the question for Greenstein is, is it a good idea to bet? And if so, how much do I have to bet? Well, I'm going to work backward a little bit, okay? Okay. Is it a good idea to bet... There are probably a lot of amounts that it's probably not a good idea to bet. Yes. Especially against Mathy Phil Galfond. You know what Daniel Griner likes to say about the Mathy guys, right? You got to bet more against them. You bet a lot, so you give them a bad price. You bet a little against the Phil guys and a lot against the Mathy guys when you're bluffing, right? And that makes a lot of sense. So if we're going to bet, we definitely need to bet big. Yes. Like we bet 13 into 16 more or less on this last street. We need to bet at least that kind of ratio, if not more. On the river. So that way, Phil Galfond's not going to love his spot with a lot of hands, right? All right, let's talk about the hands Phil Galfond's showing up with here. Great. Because we didn't really talk about his range once he called the turn, but it has tightened, obviously. Sure. Like yeah, yeah, that's right. There's flush draws that if he decided to check call the flop with, he's going to have to fold the turn 
if, if they're not any additional equity. He's certainly not going to call. He might raise, but he's never going to call out of position with them. Right. A lot of them. So unfortunately for, for Barry, I suppose, a lot of those flush draws include a jack that he's not going to fold, like uh, queen, jack, and jack 10 of spades. Right. Now, he may just play those differently anyway a lot of the time. Like, he may play those fast. Yeah. Rather than slow. But sometimes he'll play them slow, I assume. Right? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. It's You'd such ex- a good board to just raise the flop on with those, yes, that hand. you got to think mostly he's going to be raising those. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know how many jack of spades Phil really has. Yeah, I he mean, might, you're right. He might not have that many. Um, but we don't put him on under pairs anymore. No. We don't put we him do on not. pocket fives or pocket fours. Or he can like have that. pocket sevens. He can have... It's six, eight, nine, right? Yeah. Six, eight, nine, deuce, jack. Um, he can have 10, nine suited. Yep. He can have pocket tens. Yep. I guess, I don't know if he can even have, I don't think he can show up with jack, nine suited, actually, pre-flop. Probably not. Uh, he can have eight, seven suited, maybe. I don't think he can show up with nine, seven suited. What else? Queens. Queens. Yeah. There aren't that many hands we're really going to show up with here, huh? No. Okay. And... If, but very, very few, like, very strong hands. Yeah. Like, is Queens the absolute top of the range we'd expect him to show up with if we're Barry? Like, we might not even think he could have Queens. Right. But, like, if we don't think he can have Queens, then is 10's the best hand we can show yeah, up? Or maybe he, Jacks. Maybe Jacks. Jacks, set of Jacks. That he checks again. Yeah. Which is possible. It is possible. Okay. I mean... Yeah, sure. He can definitely have Jacks. Yeah, all that all that said, I mean, you, you might be right that he's he's not entirely capped. Like, sometimes maybe he plays a set like this. But it's Sometimes. rare. It's rare. It seems pretty rare. It's really rare. But he's going to call twice on this wedge board out of position. Like, if he was in position, it maybe. But, like, you'd almost always expect him to raise the turn at least. Yep. If not the flop right away. So yep. that, based on all that, Barry has a pretty pretty strong range advantage here. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of betting and betting big now that we've talked up this through. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wouldn't have known that until we just did that. But this feels like Phil is capped and doesn't love his spot. Yeah. Mo- and maybe not completely capped. I guess he can have Jack-Jack. Yes. Besides Jack-Jack, he kind of hates a spot almost always yep. if we bet big. Those are pretty good. There's only three combos of Jack-Jack. Yep. All right. There's a lot of interesting questions coming up here. So yeah. Barry, Barry agrees with us, and he bets big. Yep. He bets 40K. This is good. This is the right play, I think. Yeah, 40 into 42. I don't know if I knew that this was the right play until we started. I don't think I knew this was the right play until we started yeah. doing this podcast. I don't know if Barry knows why it's the right play. He might just be betting betting because he likes to bet a lot. That's possible. He yeah. may have fallen backwards into this correct play, but this feels like he's picked the right guy. He sizes correctly. We can range him pretty well. All these things. This feels like, this feels like a, do you really want to play for all this money with your not great hand? All right, bud. Here's the next question. Yeah. What is the worst hand Barry is repping for value? Good question. I think it's possible I think it's possible he could show up with ace-jack here. Really? For 40K? Yeah. Because what does Galfond have? Yeah. So if he can show up with... I don't know if he can... Maybe he can show up with um, king-jack also because Galfond doesn't really have any ace-jacks. So king-jack and ace-jack are the same hand. It is is Greenstein, so I guess we can give him some of those hands. But he did bet the turn. I know, but he bet the turn with king-10, so we really can give him those hands. Yeah, but probably not all the combos. Absolutely not. And maybe if he didn't have the gut shot, maybe he doesn't bet the turn. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's at least possible he can show up with some, some jacks, I think, and bet 40K on the river. Like, the really good kicker jacks. Again, even queen jack, what queen jacks does Phil ever show up with here? I don't know if he has any. Yeah. So maybe 
every Jack is okay. Maybe Phil can, can Phil even have Jack 10 and just call the turn? Maybe he can. Yeah, maybe he can. But that means as Barry, if we have Jack 10, we could bet this big to either get heroed or get him off a chop. And I think you're getting a little ambitious here. I agree, but I'm just trying to like, I'm just walking this all the way through. Like it doesn't feel like there's very much to be scared of if we have a Jack. I understand that, but I think betting 40 K seems like a little crazy. Yeah. The sizing, that's the thing. The sizing is like, we're trying to get called by a worse hand, right? Right. Like if we the, have a value, the theory, the, the theory would almost have to be like, well, Galfund is going to make some some looser calls, uh, some more hero calls or something. I don't know. I don't know that he actually. I don't is. know if that's true. Yeah, and either. so I I don't know if about any Jack at forty at the forty k level. He, I think he might bet a little bit less. Just yeah, to try and make it easier to call. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. So I think next, that probably makes sense. Next question is pocket kings. Do we think he would do this with kings or aces? Well, the problem is the same, really, is it with Ace Jack, right? Like, yeah. what are we trying to get called by? It is. You're praying Barry, uh, Phil has the Ace Jack of Spades exactly and plays it this way. I mean, okay, cool, but he has almost no jacks. Yep. So it's possible so Barry is not betting is... any one pair of hands this size for yeah. value. Yeah. So then, if that's the case, then we have, I think, a pretty easy call as Galfond, right? Well. If that's true, if that's true, that's possible. But I, mean, I don't even. But I don't know how we can know that that's true in the moment. And you know, this, this sounds a bit like I'm bashing on Barry a little bit. But I think it's possible that at least at this time, he didn't really have a positional strategy with which cards he was playing that much. Like he might have a lot of two pairs on this board, mm. even though he's not supposed to. Right. So that that would be bad for Phil. You could have Jack Nine and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Right. Right. I believe that. All these guys were opening stuff like Jack Nine suited, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, they were all doing ridiculous. But I mean, things. he might also have like six eight suited, you right? Know, stuff like that, right? Um, then that's really bad, and he absolutely could bet forty k. Yeah, and he, he's like, done nothing but bet, right? Like he could have a set of deuces himself. Yep, of course he could because he bets one hundred percent of flops. Of course he could. Yeah, right. I mean, basically though, this forty k bet doesn't make sense. If we're if he's thinking about Galfon's range, this forty k bet just doesn't make sense though, right? Because like yeah. you can't really get called by anything, right? So that's weird and problematic. Yes. But maybe it's Barry. Maybe we just bet big a lot. Yeah. And if we bet big a lot normally, I mean, we did size it up on the turn anyway. So it looks like we're not that shocking. We're going to bet really big on the river. This is extra big, I think. But it's not that shocking. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's like, where did that come from? As Galvan's like, whoa, that's an even bigger bet. Barry's either bluffing or he really likes his hand. I would certainly, as Galvan, think... I don't know if I can beat any value at all. I would love it if I, I would love it if you could have Ace Jack here. Galfon even says, "I don't think I beat any of your right. value." Right. Yeah. So Greenstein has to be bluffing. I think. I think if a Deuce comes off on the river, Galfon's going to find a pretty easy call because he can beat some value, right? Such as tens and jacks. Yeah. Um, but maybe even a good nine, Ace Nine. Thinking like maybe thinking like, why didn't you three bet me? Why didn't you raise the flop? You know, Barry may think that way with all those kinds of. Uh, all those good hands, like over pairs. Yeah. All right. So the the tricky part about Barry Greenstein, he's not gonna see about the turn and then also bomb the river with all of his bluffs. But of he has not. he has more than the average player. I gotta believe that's true. But he does have a lot of value too. He has he has all of the sets on the board. Yeah. He has all all fifteen combos of sets on the board, mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of the two pairs also. I think. He has more two pairs than Galfund does. Yeah. By the way, this goes back to, we're talking about range advantage and stuff like that. If Barry can have all the kind of stuff we're, we're adding back into his uh, his range here, I guess he's got more bluffs than two, though. Yeah. Because he's 100% C-betting. Never mind. 
Okay. He does, but he does have plenty of value that makes sense based on it being Barry Green. Plenty of value. It's like another. This it, we're probably only giving him suited cards here, so it's like another ten-ish combos of two pair hands that are possible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that adds up. That yeah. Like uh, we got twenty-five combos of pretty strong value here. If he can ever show up with aces, I mean aces and two pair should play the same against Galfond, right? Yeah. By the way, queen ten is the nuts. Oh. And Galfon can't have it. Yeah. Well, he can. It's a double gutter. It's a double gutter? Yeah. How is it a double gutter? It's six, eight, nine. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. That's good. At least he can have that. But again, is he, he's often not going to check all three streets and just call the first two no. with it. No, he's not. But he's Greenstein can On easily, the turn. But oh, okay. Greenstein can have it, right. Greenstein can have queen 10. For sure, Greenstein can have it. Yeah. Galfine's almost never going to just going to call that, that size of bet on the turn with it. He's going to raise or fold, usually. He probably only has queen 10 suited, though, even though it's Barry, right? Yeah, I got to believe So that. that's only four more combos, but it, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, it's actually two more combos because we have two queens as Galfond. When we're trying to do this mm. math as Galfon. Right. So it's only two more combos, which is good. That is good. But yeah. he could have that too. So he could have all this stuff that's beating us. This is the problem with underrepping our hand and playing it all passively. Yeah. And I mean, the, the question comes down to like, how often is Barry really pulling the trigger with bluff right. here? I don't know what the answer is. I don't either. And I don't think Phil Galfon does either. And my default would be based on being able to come up with a lot of legitimate value that makes sense against this type of player that I guess we should just fold probably we should just fold. But if we feel like but the, the question we'd have to ask ourselves is, is Barry capable of betting 40 K with is, is Barry capable of ranging Galfon the way we just did more or less and saying like, he never has a very strong hand. I think he's, I think he's able to do some version of that in his head. And then would he bet 40 K for value is the question we have to ask ourselves as Galfon. Yeah. If the answer is yes, then we probably have to fold it. The answer is, no man probably not and i've seen him bet like less targeting like worse hands now we have to consider calling even though it sucks yep but then we should at least consider calling right galfon actually says if you would bet less i was going to call right away yep. which makes sense because then because that means he can have all the jacks again right? right if he bets less and maybe even two tens um because galfon doesn't really rate to have any jacks yep hand. well ultimately galfon finds a fold here yeah incorrectly in the moment but it's hard to know if it's correct actually it seems like it's fine. Yeah. This is one of the problems with slow playing. I feel like in my life when I've really, when I've slow played big pairs, oftentimes I find myself in the spot where I'm either beat or feel like I'm forced to fold. And I'm sure like I folded incorrectly. Although oftentimes I'm just beat. I find out I'm beat because they showed down against someone else or something in sort of absurd spots. And so I mostly stop playing, stop slow playing these things and it works out better. Yeah. Slow playing can be tricky. Like yeah. You said. And, you know, Greenstone gets to take a decent-sized pot with a terrible hand. You know what just happened? The scavenger got scavenged. Oh, nice. Phil the Scavenger Galfon. That's his new nickname. Okay. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make...